Welcome to the Eric Erickson Show podcast, Hour 3. Hello, it is Eric Erickson here. It is my show. Welcome. The phone number, 877-973-7425. I got a guest in studio with me now. Try not to have performance anxiety. (laughs) Okay. Um, I have been promising this story to you. And, you know, so let, let me, you know, let me Google here. Bad host here. Schrodinger's cat. Quantum, I'll just read you the Wikipedia entry. In quantum mechanics, Schrodinger's cat is a thought experiment that illustrates a paradox of quantum superposition. In the thought experiment, a hypothetical cat may be considered simultaneously both alive and dead as a result of its fate being linked to a random subatomic event that may or may not occur. The thought experiment was devised by physicist Erwin Schrodinger in 1935 in a discussion with Albert Einstein to illustrate what Schrodinger saw as the problem of the Copenhagen interpretation of quantum mechanics. The scenario is often featured in theoretical discussions of the interpretation of quantum mechanics. That's a fancy way of saying, if you look at the cat, the cat is dead. If you don't look at the cat, the cat is fine and alive. Schrodinger's cat. I'm assuming that Schrodinger had to be a German. Austrian. Okay. Nonetheless, Schrodinger's cat. This was Schrodinger's election because there was no red wave. So uh, Tracy in my office was walking down the hall on election day. She says, is it going to be as good as I as you say it is? I said, it, it's, I'm looking at the turnout numbers. It is going to be a good night for the GOP. And then it doesn't look like it was. It actually is an election where everybody on both sides lost which is kind of cool because no one really saw it coming. And now after the election's over, it was like, well, where the hell was this red wave? Well, there it was there for you to see as long as you didn't look at it. What do I mean by that? Well, every county in America shifted to the GOP. There are over 5,000 counties in America. Every single one of them, including Los Angeles County, shifted to the GOP. But here's the problem. In the congressional districts with the narrowest margins, the GOP did worse than in the districts where Joe Biden won big. So essentially what happened is the GOP took a Biden plus three seat and made it a Biden plus one seat and the Democrats held it. And the GOP took a Biden plus 10 seat and made it a GOP plus one seat. And the Republicans took it. In New York State, the Republicans took the House of Representatives. And in California, the Republicans took the House of Representatives by taking massive Democratic seats and making them Republican. But then in a lot of the very close swing districts, they couldn't pick off the Democrats who were there. Why? Candidates. You're running novice candidates who have never run for office against a Democrat who's been there for 20 years has held on through wave after wave, and those Democrats knew how to work. Take Sanford Bishop, a district Republicans at the end were becoming kind of uh, thinking they could take this district. It is a southwest district. Albany, Georgia is, is the center of it. Stretches up towards middle Georgia. Sanford Bishop has been there for a very long time. He's a very popular Democrat. Republicans were thinking they could pull this together. They nominated a guy named Chris West. I supported him. 
Chris West was a great candidate, but Chris West was also an untested candidate. And Sanford Bishop has been uh, gone after by the Republicans repeatedly over the years, and he won, and he won big. He's got a lot of Republican support. Farmers, Republican voting farmers, vote for Sanford Bishop. And they did again. But then there were other races that were very interesting, like Sean Patrick Maloney's race, which is a democratically drawn district in New York. The Republicans flipped it in large part because Sean Patrick Maloney has never really run in a very close district. And suddenly it became very close. He didn't know how to respond to a Republican attack. The local voters were already furious with him because Sean Patrick Maloney forced out another Democrat, said, I'm the chairman of the DCCC. You have to give up your race to me. And it was very close, but the Republicans won. Republicans outran Trump's margins in 344 districts. Democrats only outperformed Biden in 69 districts. Around the country, Republicans crushed the Democrats in district after district after district. Not only that, it gets down to the local level, and this is where we've missed things. In Arizona, the Republicans have taken over the school superintendent's seat, uh, statewide school superintendent. The Republican was declared the winner this morning. Uh, His name is Tom Horn. He beat Kathy Hoffman. She's been the longtime state school superintendent. She's one of the few statewide Democratic office holders, other than Katie Hobbs, who's now gone on to be governor. Uh, Tom Horn ran on local issues. He ran on critical race theory. He ran on school choice. And he crushed it. He won. The Republicans in the Arizona state legislature maintained control of the state house and the state senate. They were expected to lose both. They did not. Even here in Georgia, Republicans were able to take back a couple of House seats that were drawn for the Democrats. Florida, of course, is is the big story. In Florida, the Republicans dominated state, federal, local, across the board. They flipped a number of school boards around the state. In New York, the Republicans picked up congressional districts that had long been held by Democrats. There are no longer any Democrats representing Long Island in New York for the first time in like 20, 30 years. In Iowa, the Republicans swept through the state. They picked up the attorney general's race. That was the the last time the Republicans took the attorney general's office in Iowa's 40 years ago. In Pennsylvania, the Republicans have barely lost the state house. They'll hold on to the state Senate. In North Carolina, they got a supermajority in the state Senate. They're within one vote of a supermajority in the state house. They took up the state Supreme Court. They held the state Supreme Court in Wisconsin. They maintained their hold on the Wisconsin legislature. In Nevada, the Republicans at the local level swept into power, threw out a lot of Democrats on local school boards, local county commissions in Nevada. The Republicans did very well. In the California Inland uh, Territory of California, the Republicans actually did very well, picked off a couple of uh, Democratic congressmen. Katie Porter, unfortunately, wasn't one of them. I was hoping she would lose. They did very well. The problem was nationally it did not reflect because Republican gains in the local level did not translate to the federal level. Now, why? Some of you don't want to hear it, but it's true. Around the country where Republicans identified themselves as MAGA Republicans tied to Trump, they lost. Republicans who actually focused on crime and the economy and ignored Donald Trump won. There just weren't a ton of them. A lot of Republicans nationally decided they wanted Donald Trump support. They presumed if they got a support, they'd get his money too. He had a $100 million war chest. He actually spent nothing on them, 15 total million dollars nationwide. Mitch McConnell spent more money in New Hampshire 
a race everyone said he spent no money, and he actually spent money in New Hampshire. Mitch McConnell spent more money in New Hampshire than Donald Trump spent nationwide. Donald Trump didn't spend the money on the candidates. In fact, right now he's running a fundraiser saying, help Herschel Walker. 90% of the money is going to Donald Trump. After the Walker campaign complained the other day, they've now moved it to a 50-50 split. If you give to Donald Trump to help Herschel Walker, 50% of the money is going to Donald Trump. If you give to Herschel Walker, 100% of the money goes to Herschel Walker. The grift is strong, and that's a real problem here for everybody is too many of the Republicans make a lot of money even if they lose. And, you know, one of the side dynamics of this, too, is that you've got a lot of young Republicans out there saying, oh, well, you know, I mean, we were trying to run a persuasive campaign to pick off voters, and really the Democrats ran this technical, mechanical uh, ballot harvesting program. we got we got to run ballot harvesting. It's no longer about persuasion. First of all, you weren't persuading anyone with your Twitter, Twitter tirades and your stupid commercials about white victimization. They, they didn't actually persuade any, any voters. You lost Republican voters. Republicans lost 13% of the Republican vote. They lost the majority of independents last week. That's why you don't see a massive wave. Even as the entire nation shifted county by county to the GOP, 13% of Republicans said, I don't think so. They didn't want crazy in Washington. They didn't want crazy in Congress. Many of these Republicans, interestingly enough, the 13% who didn't vote Republican, they voted Republican down ballot. So they voted for Republican governors. They voted for Republican attorneys general. They voted for Republican state legislatures, and they voted Democrat for Congress and the Senate. They didn't want the stop the steal people in Congress. They're kind of tired of it. That's a big, big red flag moving forward for Donald Trump and his supporters. If he keeps running on a stolen election, the voters are rejecting the people who ran on stolen elections. They're going to have to rethink this. You may think the election was stolen, but most of the voters are ready to move on from it. Okay, so this reminds me, I mentioned the Dave Chappelle stand-up on Saturday Night Live and and. He he made a lot of jokes about Jews being in control of everything, and he was laughing about Kanye West and Kyrie Irving, and he said, um, "If black a group of black people is considered a gang, a group of um, a group of Italians is considered the mob, and a group of Jews is considered a conspiracy, you're not supposed to talk about things like that." Uh, and but one of the things he, he said is that there, you know, there are things that you may believe, but you're not supposed to say them, and he was meaning that. People in the black community who believe Jews are in charge of everything, and particularly Hollywood, you're not supposed to say it out loud. I'm telling you people, Republicans who think the election was stolen, you better stop saying it out loud because every one of you who said the election was stolen got beaten in the polls. You may think the election was stolen, but the independent voters of America think you're nuts and they didn't want you to go to Congress because they didn't want you relitigating 2020. They want to move forward. There's a path forward for the GOP if they recognize you got to move to the future and not dwell on the past. You may think the election was stolen. My God, I hear from you people all the time. You send me angry messages attacking me for not believing it. I'm just telling you, the bulk of the independent voters out there, they voted Republican across the nation, just not for the people who believe the election was stolen. If you want to win, you got to give that up. The other thing you got to do is you got to abandon this idea that the early vote is going to be stolen from you. You know, this gets me back to these these new uh, neo-GOP young guys who are like, oh, we, we thought we had to persuade people. And actually, you got to go out and beat people down and get their absentee ballots. Where the hell have you people been? 
I ran campaigns for a living for a very long time. It is mechanical. It is persuasive, but it's also mechanical. It is process. You go out, you find the people who you can get to vote. You try to get their absentee ballots. You try to get them to fill out the vote. You try to get them to early voting. You try to do this. In 2000, George W. Bush won the election and lost the popular vote. He won the Electoral College, much like Trump in 2016. In 2004, the Bush campaign said, we are going to win early voting in the absentee ballot game. And they built an entire operation over four years, and it worked. And they gained the popular vote in 2004. What did Donald Trump do in 2020? He came out and said, I don't go vote early. They're going to steal it. Don't you vote absentee. you got to go show up on Election Day. Meanwhile, the Democrats were out there harvesting votes. They were beating on people's doors saying, hey, you want an absentee ballot? Let's fill out your form. We'll get it. We'll come back in three days. Make sure you get your absentee ballot and fill it out. You can say they shouldn't do that. You can say they should not. But they are. And we're not going to put the early voting genie back in the bottle. I see all these Republicans say, we need to get rid of early voting. Actually, no, you're not going to. So instead, go harness your early vote operation. Don't give up on that. You've got to have a path forward. And I've got to tell you, you're talking yourselves out of winning. You can get it right in Georgia. Go show up and vote in Georgia. Talk yourselves into winning instead of talking yourselves out of winning. Your state of mind matters. But get over 2020. It's a non-starter with independent voters who are willing to vote for Republicans if they think they're not crazy. And their number one sign of thinking you're crazy is you're dwelling on 2020 instead of the future. I want to tell you guys a little about a group I've been working with, Americans for Prosperity. Maybe you've heard of them. They're the largest grassroots network in the country fighting to expand freedom and opportunity so that we can unleash prosperity in America again. Here's what I like about Americans for Prosperity. They focus on building movements at the community level, not Washington, D.C. That's actually how I first came to know them, in Georgia, helping rise up the Tea Party movement in 2010. They understand we're not going to find solutions in Washington. we got to take power out of Washington that's going to have to come from Americans like you outside the Beltway bubble. That's why I'm excited to partner with Americans for Prosperity to provide an effective platform where we can talk to our fellow Americans and advocate for solutions to the most critical challenges facing the country. I encourage you to learn more about Americans for Prosperity by going to americansforprosperity.org slash Eric. Welcome back. It is Eric Erickson. By the way, um, I got a, my, my buddy, uh, the pig farmer, just texted me. Let me just read you his email. I, I told you, I told you, I told you this was going to happen. I predicted it, and it has come true. There's an ad running. It is Donald Trump for 20 seconds from Mar-a-Lago. Uh, from his announcement endorsing Herschel Walker, it is this clip from his Mar-a-Lago speech. Despite the outcome in the Senate, we cannot lose hope. And we must all work very hard for a gentleman and a great person named Herschel Walker, a fabulous human being who loves our country and will be a great United States Senator Herschel. That clip is playing all over Georgia's airwaves, and then it goes to stop Donald Trump, stop Herschel Walker, go vote for Raphael Warnock. It is exactly what I predicted was going to happen. 
they are using Donald Trump to try to beat Herschel Walker here in Georgia. Walker, by the way, was on uh, Fox. He had this to say about Warnock. Right now, people are living in filth. There's been dead bodies found there. He's been, over, he's been evicting people for rent. Well, I built a very successful business, and yet in two short years as a senator, he's failed Georgia. He's voted with Joe Biden 96% of the time, which means that they're headed in the wrong direction. That's the reason we got this high inflation. We got crime on the street, open border. He voted to put men and women sports. So uh, after hearing all that, who's ready to be a senator? And it's not Senator Warnock. He's already proved that he don't represent Georgia. And I'm the man to represent Georgia right now. That was Herschel Walker on Fox going after Raphael Warnock. He started with the issue of Warnock's housing project in Atlanta that's not doing so well. Uh, let me go to the phones real quick. David, I want to take your phone call real quick. Welcome to the show. Hey, Eric. How you doing? Good. How are you? Oh, not too bad. Hope your wife does well. She's doing great. Thank you. All right. Hey, I just wanted to run this by you real quick. What you, what's going to be more beneficial for the for the country and the party in the long run? Uh, Herschel winning or maybe another uh, one of Trump's candidates losing uh, that he endorsed and kind of you know, put another nail in that coffin because I'm afraid that he's going to he's going to be Trump. And if he doesn't get the nomination on the Republican side, is, is he likely to go independent and really foul the election up then? OK, so, you know, I don't know that that Trump will go independent for the reason that he likes to spend other people's money and not his own. And he would have to spend his own money if he ran a costly independent race. He wouldn't be able to get a lot of money from other people, uh, particularly the big donors he would need. Small dollar donors, sure, he could get some, but not enough to mount an independent bid and do the signature drive in each state he would have to do. You know, an independent candidate has to do a signature drive in each state and collect enough signatures in each state. And in most states, it has to be a percentage of signatures from each congressional district verified and confirmed. And it would be very difficult, very costly for him to do with small dollar donors. Ross Perot used billions of dollars to be able to do it back in the 90s. So I don't know that he would. I will say this. I, I the, the the biggest incentive, if you if you run into people and you say, why should I vote for Herschel Walker? Why bother? The Democrats already control the Senate. There is one big compelling issue. A 50-50 Senate requires 50-50 division of the committees where the Democrats maintain the chairmanship, but it's an equal number of Democrats and Republicans on the committee. If you get the 51-49 Democrats, the Democrats get a majority of the committee. It makes it easier for them to pass laws. It makes it easier for them to advance judges. It makes it easier for them to get their way. A 50-50 Senate is gridlocked uh, by design of the Senate, by the rules of the Senate. So if you get Herschel Walker over the finish line, it's easier for Republicans to find just one Democrat to block a judge. It's easier for the Republicans to find just one Democrat to block legislation. It's easier for the Republicans when a Democrat is out sick because of COVID or something, nothing can get done in the committees without the support of the GOP. It makes it easier to obstruct the Democrats' agenda if you get Herschel Walker elected to the Senate. And long-term, Term, that matters when it comes to stacking the judiciary. That really, really matters. You don't want the Democrats to fill up all those available seats. So when the next Republican president comes in with a Republican Senate, they don't have any judges to put up there. I mean, you know, they want to roll back the Dobbs decision. It becomes easier for them to do in a situation like this. Um, so I would go make sure they keep the Senate 50 50. 
Hope that's persuasive. 877-973-7425 when we come back. Hello there. Welcome. It is Eric Erickson here. The phone number is 877-973-7425. Should you wish to be on the program, we need to go take some calls. Chip, you are up next. Welcome. Hey, Eric. Uh, I hope your wife's doing a lot better, and uh, happy Thanksgiving. I do have an idea here that uh, everybody, or all Republicans around the country should look at. We need to get behind Herschel Walker and get him elected because at what's happened to Manchin up in West Virginia, I think it'd be really easy for us to be able to work with him and have him take on more of the Republican things because I think he just got the wrong end of the deal with the Republic, uh, with the Democrats. Well, I would be careful with Manchin. Uh, Manchin is a Democrat. He has no intention of jumping ship from the Democrats and in so doing, he set up the GOP for some failures over the Green New Deal stuff. I mean, he kind of set the GOP up for that uh, failure over Build Back Better. Uh, he, I think the GOP, Patrick Morrissey, is actually a friend of mine. He's the attorney general in West Virginia. I think he's going to challenge Manchin. And I don't know that Manchin's going to run again either. He's getting up in age. This kind of goes back to the Nancy Pelosi thing. Uh, it is, it's, it's just... Time for the octogenarians to let go of power. Now, I, I got to tell you, I got a, an email from a listener a little while ago, and let me find the email. Uh, da 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 da. Um, had it. Uh, he was saying, "Don't hand power over to Gen X." Because Gen X was a bad generation, and I got issues with that because guess what generation I'm in? But one of his points was that, well, you can't hand it over to Generation X because they're the first generation of video games and internet porn. I will have you know I was in college when the series of tubes known as the internet came around. Now, there was CompuServe and Prodigy and AOL back in the day, but it was all dial-up. It was very slow. You did not get Pornhub. That took a little while. That's the millennials. The millennials are the ones you're thinking about. Generation X, we would be perfectly fine in power right now. We have undone the damage from the boomers. Uh, Our parents are really more the silent generation. The millennials are the baby boomers' kids. And the silent generation, that one that came after the greatest generation but before the baby boomers, they're the ones who gave you Generation X, my generation, more or less. And we're good people, and we should be in charge. In fact, we've sat back and waited our time to take over, and now, my friends, is our time. Now, Richard, you're going to be up next on the Eric Erickson Show. Welcome. Eric, thank you. As much as I need to be doing other things, I cannot resist listening to your show and making this phone call because I have followed Georgia politics since 1960, and I'm now 69 years old. Here's, Here's an astounding thing that happened to me two days ago. Uh, I noticed two women walking through our neighborhood. I assumed it was from some for some commercial thing. A woman came to our door, and she told me she w- she asked if I was going to vote. And I said, yes, if I'm not dead, I'm going to vote. And, I, and uh, she, long story short, I assumed that she was a Dem and that she was canvassing for Warnock. No. She and her friend— from the Midwest, 
have come to Georgia to walk around and drum up votes for Herschel. It Good blew my mind, Eric. Good for them. That's great. Yeah. Yeah. We need more like that. You know, so I, I you know, I do an endorsement for Americans for Prosperity, and uh, I actually am a big fan of the organization. They really helped get the Tea Party off the ground back in 2009, 2010. They've actually been training activists around the country to do that sort of door knocking, to be able to come in from out of state, to be able to, uh, they take care of them, house them, find people to house them, do door knocking try to get people out to vote. They've been doing a very good job of it. And I would really encourage folks to be involved. And, and again, this isn't, this isn't a plug. Um, it's, it is just to tell you that that's what they do. It's one of the things they do. Also reach out to the Walker campaign. If you want to volunteer, reach out to the Walker campaign itself. Uh, we got to get the man across the threshold. We got to get a 50, 50 Senate. It would be the best thing for us if we could. Now, I had to pivot and get into FTX because there's more data out there. So the guy, I think he's trying to play himself up as the as a as an idiot. He had a conversation with a reporter for Vox, the left wing journalism site, and unloaded all of his burdens. And then the reporter took the screenshots of the DMs and ran them all. And he's like, "Oh my gosh, I can't believe my private conversations were revealed." Wait until his FBI informant friend starts talking about him or his SEC friend starts talking about him. For those of you Georgia fans, that would be the Securities and Exchange Commission, not the Southeastern Conference. So Sam um, bankrupt fried. That's what we're going to go with at this point. He is the FTX chairman who essentially is claiming he was too stupid to know how to keep his businesses separate. And people were pouring money into his research firm supposedly to make trades on FTX, which is a crypto exchange. And in the process, they use the investor money to fund the Democrats, among other things. Now, I do have to note here, uh, Ben McKenzie, if you ever watched the, what was it, um, the OC on the CW, or if you watched, what was it, the Batman TV show, Gotham, he played Jim Gordon. He and I do not see eye to eye on the world. We were chatting last night because he is big on highlighting what a bad deal crypto is and raising awareness about people losing their money in crypto. And he said, you know, FTX and some of these other companies have been pouring money into Republicans and Democrats alike in Washington to try to shape regulations that are favorable for them. And it's all kind of a scam. And regulators kept hands off because FTX in particular was spending so much money helping the Democrats get elected that the, the regulators appointed by the Democrats were like, we better not touch them. They, the regulators knew not to touch them. I would submit to you, instead of having investigations into Hunter Biden, the Republicans could be better using their time investigating why regulators kept so hands-off from FTX and these other cryptocurrency uh, deals where people are going to lose money. But one of the things that the FTX guy said, Sam said, is that wokeness is a scam. This idea of the altruism of the wokes, you say the shibboleths of the left, and it buys you credibility and it buys you friends. They give you a pass to do things. It was all a PR scam. He's essentially admitting wokeness, like woke corporations, it's all a scam. He had the highest ranked ESG score. He he ranked his company, ranked higher than ExxonMobil in ESG, ranked higher than any energy company in ESG, ranked higher than most finance companies with the ESG scores. 
And he admitted to this reporter, it's all basically BS. It is, you do these things, you say these things, you make the right contributions, the media gives you a pass, the regulators give you a pass, everybody gives you a pass. And so you're doing it to look good. Well, ironically, this story came out the same day the Washington Post runs this story. Before FTX collapse, founder poured millions into pandemic prevention. Most of those initiatives have come to a sudden halt. Sam Bankman freed. Then the 28-year-old cryptocurrency entrepreneur and his brother Gabe, a 25-year-old congressional staffer, said the pandemic provided them with something else, an opportunity to make a difference. Harnessing the enormous wealth created by FTX, the cryptocurrency exchange that Sam Bankman-Fried had founded, they undertook a project to spend potentially billions of dollars on pandemic prevention, a long-neglected priority on Capitol Hill, even amid the coronavirus crisis. The plan, drawn from the brothers' adherence to a philosophy called effective altruism, sought to maximize philanthropic giving in the way that could have the most impact. They literally, this guy Sam Bankrupt-Fried admitted to this reporter that it was all PR, that it was all to make them look good. It was all to give them a pass in the press. He admitted this in text messages. And on the same day that comes out, the Washington Post like, oh, poor us. We're losing his money. He was such a good guy. He was going to fund these things. They're giving him a pass. They're the mark. This is, y'all, I mean, this is predictable. At least he finally put it in writing. All of these companies that are out there doing this stuff, Disney and the rest of them going all woke, the banks that are refusing to do business with gun companies going all woke, it's all designed to give them good press from the left. If you just didn't play the game, if you just didn't play the game, you would get over this. So many of these companies are so intent on playing the game and bowing to the left, and now they know how to play the game, and now they're admitting it is a game. They're doing these things for PR. They're doing these things to get a pass from regulators. I, it, this, this, is, this is what's going full circle on the show today. This is what frustrates me about Republicans taking Congress and their very first act is to say we're going to investigate Hunter Biden. It's really about the president. We're going to investigate Joe Biden. We're going to do it by investigating Hunter Biden. There's already an investigation by a Trump-appointed U.S. attorney. Did you know the U.S. attorney investigating Hunter Biden is the only Trump-appointed U.S. attorney Joe Biden did not fire? Why? Because he knew there would be blowback if he did it. So you have a Trump-appointed U.S. attorney in Delaware, Joe Biden's home state, investigating Hunter Biden on the verge of a prosecution, and the Republicans are going to screw up the prosecution by trying to drag all the evidence before the committee. And then Hunter Biden's going to be able to say, well, can't get a fair jury now. Thanks, Republicans. Sorry. Got to throw this out. So stupid. Here's where you should be investigating. This guy in his text messages literally admits he did all of this PR stuff so that regulators would turn a blind eye, so that Democrats and Republicans would turn a blind eye. You've got cryptocurrency traders pouring money into Republican and Democratic campaigns so that they can shape the regulations. 
the foxes guarding the hen house, funding the building of the hen house, including the back door that they can get in sight unseen where the regulators give them a pass and turn a blind eye. This is what's happening in Washington. I will tell you what this makes me think again. This sets up a Republican who is not from Washington running furiously against Washington. It's like Donald Trump goes back to the the Dave Chappelle comedy bit the other day that Donald Trump was an honest liar. Donald Trump came out of the house, looked us all in the eye, and said all the corrupted stuff you think is going on in the house is going on in the house. All of the insider trading you think is happening is happening. All of the tax deals you think are happening in the smoke-filled room are happening. It's all real. Everything you believe about Washington is real. Now I'm going to go back in there and keep doing it. Have a Republican, a governor, run against this culture in Washington. Blast the House GOP. Go after them for making their number one priority investigating Hunter Biden, not investigating how a cryptocurrency exchange was able to steal billions of dollars from people to fund the Democrats and other causes. Investigate Hunter Biden. Don't investigate how the FBI is going after random Americans. Don't, don't, don't do that. Investigate Hunter Biden. Investigate Hunter Biden. Don't investigate how the Wall Street companies that track businesses are giving ESG scores to try to drive up business and get them out of helping gun manufacturers and the like. Don't, don't, don't worry about that one. Investigate Hunter Biden instead of investigating all of these other things. Investigate Hunter Biden instead of the, this, this uh, regulatory scheme that's in Washington, D.C. that's trying to get companies to divest from doing business with conservatives. Investigate Hunter Biden. It's such a good priority. It's such a priority the American people care passionately about. They're losing billions of dollars to these Ponzi schemes where we now know the regulators turned a blind eye in part because of the massive donations these people were giving to Washington. And they're going to investigate Hunter Biden instead. This is the politics of stupid. This is short bus politics by the Republicans in Washington, D.C., it is idiotic. It plays to the seal clappers of the base and ignores every other American. You want to show the American people your competent stewards. You go after the stuff that most Americans care about. And believe it or not, you may care passionately about Hunter Biden. Most people couldn't give a damn. They're worried about making ends meet. They're worried about losing their money in the market. They're worried about the Ponzi scheme predators who are out there. They're even worried about the robocalls and the spam text messages that the FCC says they're going to take care of and they never have. They're worried about that stuff. They don't care about Hunter Biden. They think all of Washington is corrupt already. This is just affirmation of it. You may care passionately, but you just lost a majority of the independents and 13% of the Republicans because the Republicans decided to go after the stuff you care passionately about that no one else cares about. They got to fix that. They can start with FTX. Eden Pure is an air purifier that will clean the air in your house and eliminate odors. And you can get three of them for less than $200 by going to EdenPureDeals.com. EdenPureDeals.com. The discount code is ERIC3. E-R-I-C-K-3. Now, here's what you do. You go to EdenPureDeals.com. You put that discount code in the front page of the website, ERIC3. You get three of these for less than $200. So you're saving $200. You get all three for less than $200. You get free shipping, and they not only trap the pollen and the dust, the mold, the mildew, the bacteria, the viruses that are floating in the air. It's filterless. You don't have to get a filter subscription. You just wipe it out on occasion. But not only that, this is the way I use it. I plug it in when it stinks. 
So you've been smoking in your car. You don't want your wife to know about it. You plug in the Eden Pure in the car with a USB cord, gets rid of the odors. You're in a hotel room and it stinks. You plug in the Eden Pure Thunderstorm, it wipes out the odors. You've been cooking shrimp in the kitchen like I did. Fire it up. Your wife, like mine, will never know you fried shrimp inside your house. It works. Litter box odors, pet odors, smoke odors, you name it. EdenPureDeals.com. The discount code is ERIC3, E-R-I-C-K-3. Well, let's talk about the gossip at the end of the day here. Here's Manu Raju on CNN about Kevin McCarthy. What did Congressman McCarthy have to say today about the, the former president announcing his run? Well, he wouldn't say if he would support Donald Trump. He was asked multiple times whether or not he would get behind Trump 2024. He would not say. In fact, he was asked about his speech. He said, I thought he, quote, he said, quote, I thought he gave a great speech referring to that last night. And Anderson, that is in keeping with a lot of how, how Republicans are dealing with Donald Trump. A lot of them simply are not saying they are willing to get behind Donald Trump's third presidential bid as they plan to, they are hoping to essentially ignore the subject as long as possible until they have to respond. Ignoring that that's kind of what they're doing. Ron DeSantis was asked about this. Here's what he had to say. No, look, I think we, we just we just finished this election. Okay. People just need to chill out a little uh, bit. This on is one of those weird I mean, sound ones. We just I don't want to play it because some of you won't be able to hear. Some of you will and some of you won't. It's weird when it comes out of one channel. Some of you hear it, some of you don't. It's only coming out of the right channel. But he says chill out. It's 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 ridiculous. Look at the score from Tuesday night and chill out. Uh got a long way to go. It was the the perfect remark. People are really obsessed about this. Y'all we are still in 2020, not just in 2022. We are November 17th, 2022. For God's sakes, do we do we really have to do this right now? The only reason we're doing this is because one old man down in Florida is upset that a bunch of billionaires told him they want to give their money to someone else. And he's trying to jump out ahead of everything and start a small dollar donations, which he can't do without filing the paperwork. And so he filed the paperwork and made his announcement, and he wants people to give him the money. Literally couldn't raise money. Here's the thing. So he has a super PAC. Trump has a super PAC. Super PAC dollars cannot be spent on the candidate. It's under federal election rules. He can't spend the super PAC money on himself. So he had to go file his presidential disclosure and start a campaign fund and now ask all the donors to move their money over there. He's got to ask them individually. They have to consent. He's got to do it. But he's really upset about the fundraising. He realized he couldn't spend it on himself, so he had to go start and declare he's running for president. Really? It's November of 2022. I'm exhausted already.